John chapter 6, verse number 5 says this. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, he said, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, he said, even if we work for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, there is a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? I want to talk to you today about unreserved faith, unreserved faith. Have you ever had the experience of uh, going to a hotel to get a room? You're traveling. You're looking for a room. Debbie and I had that experience many years ago. We're going to go to New York City, and we're going to go get us a hotel room. We're going to drive in our car. And actually, we went to rent a car in St. Louis, and we found out that they weren't going to let us rent the car. When we told them we're going to New York City, they said, you can't rent this car and take it to New York City. And so what we did was we had to stop in the middle of the journey out there somewhere in Pennsylvania because our car needed some work. And we had to stop and get some work done in the car. And then we thought a little bit later we're going to drive a little bit further and get a hotel room. But what happened was when we finally stopped at a city that was about you know, we, start, we started stopping in Pennsylvania at all these hotels. And, and everywhere that we said, they said, oh, sorry, all of our rooms are reserved. Everything is taken for the night. We've got a convention. We've got something going on. And we kept moving on to the next city and the next city and the next city and the next city. And everywhere we went, they said, all of our rooms are reserved. We finally got about 100 miles from New York City. And I told Je Debbie, I said, I'm not driving into New York City at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't think it would be wise. And so uh, we, we, we're in the last town. I think it was, was Allentown, Pennsylvania. We go to every hotel. We went to the, to, we went to, the, to the finest hotels, no rooms. We went to the intermediate hotels, no rooms. We went to the place that you wouldn't let your German shepherd stay at. To me, so no rooms, all right? So here's what we did. We took our car. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning. We took our car to a hospital parking lot and parked our car and slept in the hospital parking lot all night. You know why? Because all the rooms were reserved. There was no place for us. And so we slept there in the car. We, back then, it was just Lauren and Brandon. They're asleep in the back seat. Debbie and I are sleeping in the front seat. <laughs> And we woke up the next morning when the staff of the hotel got off work and they're going out to the cars and we wake up and just <laughs> turn the car on, drive off, and they, you know, think, look, look at these crazy people, okay? Everything was reserved. Have you ever had the experience before where maybe you went to rent a car? You flew into a, to a city and uh, you thought, I'll just rent a car when I get there. And you found out this, all the cars are reserved, okay? There's nothing that's available, Maybe you've had that experience. Maybe you've met, if you're single, okay, a single person, maybe you've met that perfect guy and you found out he's already married or already engaged, you know. Or gentlemen, you met that perfect lady and found out she already has a fiancé, okay. They're already reserved. They're already taken, okay. You see, sometimes we, 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 we get in that situation and it's very frustrating when we find out that the best things are reserved for someone else. Some people live their whole lives 
where all of their time, all of their talent, all their attention, all their money, all their resources is reserved for something else. It might Right now, it might be reserved for, for buying gas. Right now, it might be reserved for paying bills. But everything that we've got is reserved for something else. God might deal with us about giving him some of our time and talent and attention and, and money. We say, sorry, God, nothing is available right now because everything that I've got is already tied up. It's locked up. It's reserved for something else or for someone else. Now, let's look at these verses in John chapter 6. I've taught many times in this story in John chapter 6. I've taught about Jesus teaching or, or feeding the 5,000. And know this, when I say 5,000, it was 5,000 men. In essence, Jesus was going to feed 5,000 families, okay? 5,000 hungry families had been there listening to him teach. And I've taught on this miracle about Jesus. And I've taught on Andrew who brought the first person to Jesus. Or he, he brought his first person Peter to Jesus. He also brought this little boy to Jesus. But today I want to talk to you about this boy who was willing to release everything to Jesus. And the first thing I want to talk to you about is this. There's a blessing in releasing. There's, there's tremendous blessing in releasing what we've reserved reserve for someone else or something else. There's a blessing in re re releasing. In our scripture reading, we see a young boy. He didn't dream of just having respect. He didn't dream of just having his own stuff. And here's what, what's interesting about this story. There is no mention of his parents, okay, in the story. And the very fact that he shows up with a lunch, it lets me know that his parents were not there that day. He went there all by himself because his mom said, okay, you want to go? You hear Jesus out here teaching? You can go, but when you go, you better take a lunch. And his mom gave him a lunch that day, five loaves and two fish. It was a pretty good-sized lunch, if you will, but for a little boy. But for some reason, his mom gave him that lunch. And we see this boy. He had an interest in spiritual things. Why? He went to hear Jesus all by himself, even though his parents didn't go. I know a lot of people today, and the reason they're in church is because someone knocked on their door and asked them, can we take your children to church? And because the children went to church, uh, the parents eventually went to church, okay? That's, to me, so I think that's how you wind up at Solid Rock with us because you came to a, youth, to, a, to a youth revival when you are 12 years old. And then you wind up bringing your mom and your siblings with you uh, to the revival. But many times, children are interested in spiritual things. This young boy was interested in spiritual things. He went all by himself. He went there he went there to listen to Jesus. And here's what I get from this story, that he was not only willing to go all by himself, but he was willing to share everything that he had with Jesus. He released everything that he had to Jesus. Why? Because he realized, he might have been a boy, but he realized there was a blessing in the releasing and as adults, we need to get this today. There's a blessing in releasing. Some people live their whole life on reserve. Some people have a lot of good stuff, and nobody better mess with it. 
And yet God is dealing with us about releasing it. But here's what we do. We hold on to it tightly. Many people, we've got plenty in reserve. We've got plenty that we're holding on to. But we've always got an excuse of why we can't share it, of why we can't give it. Because in the back of our mind, we are reserving it for a future dilemma or a future problem. Okay. Now, let me be honest with you. I'm a pastor. I'm also the district secretary for our denomination for this state. Okay. And I deal with a lot of ministers' affairs. Okay. I deal with a lot of church affairs, and we got our convention coming up this week, and we're right in the middle of all these financial stuff and, and dealing with banks and finding out what our contingent liabilities and how many loans that we've co-signed with churches and all kinds of things. And, and we all, I, I deal with, with the tithing records of pastors sometimes, okay? And I, I've talked to pastors before and I said, you know, there's a big problem because I said, you're not tithing. And this message isn't about tithing today, but this is an appropriate illustration. And so I talked to pastors, I said, well, you're not tithing. How are you preaching on tithing if you're not tithing yourself? Okay, and then one guy who told me, he said, here's why I don't tithe. Because he said, I'm saving the money where I would normally tithe. I'm saving it in case there's a problem in the church, then I've got enough money to fix it. That's why. You know what he's saying? I'm not tithing because I'm reserving it for another problem. I'm reserving it for another dilemma. And there's some people, and we live our whole life that, that way, we're never going to release it. We're always got it reserved for something else because we never see victory ahead. All we see is problems ahead. Okay? We're in the middle of this right now on a building project. And guess what? Interest rates are going up. Do you know what that's doing to our payment? Our payment is going up. You know what I say? God is going to supply the need. Okay? Because God always shows up and God always makes a way. And God did, Darla, God didn't bring us this far to drop us and to leave us, okay? And so we need to look at the future as victorious rather than all the problems and the mess and the dilemma of what's going on. But some people live their whole life and they never understand there's a blessing that comes from releasing. Here was Jesus. He saw 5,000 hungry people, okay? And Jesus told the, the disciples, he said, we need food. And the, the scripture says this, Jesus already knew when he turned to Philip and he told him, he said, we need food to feed all these people. The scripture says this, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Why? Because he always sees the end from the beginning. And so here was Andrew. I believe Andrew, Andrew didn't stand around making excuses. Andrew went out looking for some food and they knew that he needed they knew they needed a lot of it. So he goes out into the crowd, and he starts searching and looking for food, wondering where in the world can we find enough food to feed 5,000 hungry families, if you will. But Andrew kept looking. He kept searching. And here's what I think about this story, okay? As, as I'm studying yesterday and I'm preparing this, I'm thinking if there's, if there's a little boy that shows up with a lunch, there's probably some smart adults that showed up with their own lunch too, okay? 
And how many people did Andrew James, how many people did Andrew see that had big picnic baskets? And Andrew said, hey, we got 5,000 hungry people. Can we use some of your food to feed them with? Because 5,000 families, there's got to be some really smart people there that bring food with them. And, and how many people said, you know what? Yeah, we got food. We can't believe how foolish these people are because they didn't bring their own food. But guess what? No, Andrew, we're sorry. We can't share any of our food with you and the 5,000 because then we won't have any food. I want you to think about that for a minute, that Andrew, in searching and looking, in finding one small boy, he probably found a lot of people that already had food, but they were holding it. They didn't understand the blessing of releasing. Some people are old enough to give. Some people have enough to release, but we're under the assumption that somehow or other we made it ourselves, we created ourselves, we boast about being a self-made man or a self-made woman, and we think, man, I am so wise, I did it all by myself, or I am so lucky, I was in the right place at the right time, and I just did it all by myself. And bless God, no one else is going to get my stuff because I went to school, I got my education, I, went, I, I learned a trade, I learned a skill, and bless God, all the rest of these people, forget them, forget them. But there was a small boy, okay, who was willing to reach out. He was real willing to give. You see, you can save and invest your whole life and be completely miserable. You, you can skimp and save your whole life and you can hoard everything. You can hoard all your time. You can hoard all your talent. You can hoard all your energy. You can, you can hoard all of your ability today. And you can be miserable going through life because you don't understand there's a blessing in releasing. Frank, there was a time in my life, okay? Now, I, uh, I have a... I have a financial degree, okay? And so there was a time that money was very important to me. And I could tell you, this is God's honest truth, folks, today when I'm telling you. There was a point in my life that I could tell you within 10 cents of what my net worth was. I could tell you that right then, if you ask, okay? Because I'd sit around, Nick, I'm calculating it up. I'm thinking about it, you know. And back when I had money, you know, don't have any now, but uh, really a big deal, really important, you know. But, you know, God's got to get us to a place <laughs> that we understand the blessing and releasing, okay. And, and the, here's what the ministry will do for you a lot of times, that you get to the point that you literally reach into your pocket and you give someone the last $5 you got. And do you bemoan the fact? No. You thank God you had the $5 that you could give it to him, okay? Because you understood God taught me the, the blessing of releasing, that there was a blessing. There was a blessing coming my way that as I blessed other people. And God is trying to get us to that place in our life today. 
But some people live their whole life on reserve. They're trusting in themselves. They have no time. They have no willingness to trust in God. Why? Because we are afraid of being broke. We've been dead broke in the past, and we're afraid of being broke all over again. And we have reserved everything good and valuable exclusively for ourselves. And God couldn't pry it out of our hands with a crowbar. Okay? That's the reason. There are many reasons why people just won't release into the kingdom of God. Because they're saving it for their own ministry. I was talking to a guy, and he was several years ago, about the time that we planted this church, he was going to go out and plant a church. He said, I'm now in the future. He said, I'm going out, and he said, I'm going to plant a church. I said, that's great. That's awesome. That's wonderful. And he said, I'm gathering resources right now, Okay. And he said, I, every time I talked to him, I said, how's it going? Well, one of these days, I'm going to plant that church. And he said, right now, I've, I've, I've saved $10,000. He hadn't saved it, but had other people give him ten grand to start his church. And then I talked to him another time. I'm up to 20000 now. I'm up to twenty. So I've got $20,000 I've put together to plant the church. Talked to him a couple years later. How's it going? Now I've, I'm up to 40000 <laughs> I think the last time I talked to a guy is up to $100,000 in resources and reserves that he had set aside for some future planting. And it's just like, and, and then the last I heard, he took a church somewhere else. I don't know what he ever did with, him, with that money. Okay, but there's some of us, and, and we're saying, well, one of these days, one of these days I'm going to plant, one of these days I'm going to sow, one of these days I'm going to give, but I'm just waiting till I get my ministry, and then I'm going to give it all then, right then. There's a lot of reasons why people will not release into the kingdom of God. Some don't release because Satan has convinced them they can't afford it. Some won't release because they're waiting until they win the lottery, okay? And if you tell me that you're going to give when you win the lottery, you can tell me that. That's okay, all right? But a lot of people tell me that. But there is a blessing in releasing. So number one, the blessing is in releasing. Number two, God specializes in using simple things. Now, it might seem strange to you that God often uses young and inexperienced people. But the reason is because they are the ones that's willing to share. They are the ones that's willing to give. They're the ones that is willing to release themselves completely. They're, they're young. They're inexperienced. They've got faith. And the Lord taught this. He said, unless we had the faith of a, a little child, we'll never see the kingdom of, of heaven. Okay? But little children have got so much faith. They, they understand the, the blessing in, in releasing. I've been at camp before. Okay, I've been, to, I've been to junior camp before, and I have seen children receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a matter of seconds. You know why? Because they were so open to God. They were so open to just praising God, glorifying God, and God just filled them right up. I've seen adults struggle. I've seen adults go Terry over and over and over. They just can't get their breakthrough. You know why? Because we just can't release everything to God. But yet children are willing. They understand the blessing in releasing. And it's a reason that God specializes in using small, simple things. It's a reason that God specializes in using uh, children many times. At the, Brandon said something about going to Appalachian Mountains and, and seeing how poor they were. 
and that we'd realize how blessed we were. At the age of 12, Brandon went on a missions trip to Mexico. And that missions trip literally changed his life. When he came home, Brandon said, Dad, he said, we are rich. I said, I laughed. I said, no, we're not. Dad, I've seen the way those people in Mexico live. And take my word for it, Dad, we are rich. He realized his faith grew exponentially overnight. He was changed because of that trip. In America, most people have lots of good stuff. In America. But it's all reserved for ourselves. I don't want to offend you today, but I want to say this. Homeless people often have cell phones that are worth $1,000. It's a fact. It's a fact, whether you like it or not. The poorest people, the people that complain the most, have got $304 a month car payment, $500 a month car payments. I'm just broke all the time. I'm dead broke. I don't ever know what I'm going to do. I've never got enough money, you know. The reason is, is because we, we, we don't see the abundance that's in our life. All we do is we, we see the lack that's in our life. Many years ago, it was very common for people to bring food to the pastor, especially if you're having a revival, okay? People would bring food to the pastor. And a lady brought, true story, a lady brought some food to her pastor, and she said, Pastor, she said, I was just going to throw this out. <laughs> Thought you guys might want it. <laughs> he said, okay, great, very graciously. He said, sure, ma'am, we'll take that. <laughs> he took it. Took it home, okay? Next service, she comes back. She said, hey, Pastor, how did you like that? He said, well, let me tell you, ma'am, it hit the spot. It hit the spot. What she didn't realize was the spot was the bottom of the trash can. <laughs> you see, some of us, we got a lot of good stuff, but we're only, we're only willing to give what we're ready to throw away, okay? You might have $50 million setting in reserves, and yet, you're miserable because you don't understand the blessing in releasing what rightfully belongs to God. But here's what God can do. God can send a boy with five loaves and two fish that's willing to release everything he has so the miracle of God can be accomplished. And that's the reason God uses simple things to bring his plans and to bring his will to pass. I'm glad they're having a great time back there. God can send a, bo a boy with his, with his lunch. God can send a widow woman who's almost out of meal. She's almost out of oil, but her heart is ready. Her heart is willing to release everything to God so that the miracle of God can come to pass. Or God can send a youth. God can send a teenager like David. God uses the simple things to bring his will to pass. And God specializes in using, using simple things. God specializes in using a people that we disregard. 
He specializes in using people that we totally over, overlook. You know why? Because they understand the blessing in releasing and because their faith is unreserved. And they see the bigger picture. And this is the reason that God uses small things, simple things. God uses these things. There's a little boy he listened to his pastor. Like I said, this isn't a message on tithing, but there are, you know, overtones of tithing that come out. But there's a little boy who heard his pastor preaching on tithing. And he thought to himself, he said, I don't have any money. You know, he's probably a bus kid. I, I don't have any money. I don't have a job. What can I do? And my pastor's talking about tithing. So he gets Chris. He gets an idea. He starts thinking about it. He goes down to the river. He catches a fish, and he takes it immediately to his pastor's house and brings the fish in there, and he knocks on the door. His pastor goes, hey, how you doing today? He said, pastor, I brought my tithe. I brought my tithe. And the pastor said, where's the other nine fish? He said, they're still back in the river. I'm going to catch them. <laughs> he was so excited about releasing. He understood the blessing in releasing. And that is the kind of faith that we need. Unreserved faith. It says this, Jesus, everything belongs to you. And I am just releasing it to you. I want to be a blessing to other people. There was a lot of people that day, when Jesus looked around, there's 5,000 hungry families. There's many people that brought their own food that day, but there was one little boy, and they all refused to give, but there was one little boy who understood the blessing of releasing, and he said, hey, Andrew said, could I, could I borrow your lunch? It's, the boy said, it's only five loaves and two fish. What is that among this many people? Well, would you give it? He said, yes, I'll give it. And he gave it that day because he had unreserved faith. He realized everything belonged to Jesus. And he gave it to Jesus because he wanted to bless other people. We need that kind of innocent faith in our life. We need that kind of faith that says, God, I just can't outdo you. God, I know that you are going to supply my need. God, I don't see the forecast and the future as being doom and dread. I see the future as being victorious in your name and in your power. You see, the Lord specializes in using simple things. And then, I'll tell you what, let me hold off on one final thought, okay, until next week. I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to close. Today, God has, has blessed us. God has opened the windows of heaven, and God has supplied all of our needs, all right? There, there's none of us here that's hungry. If you're hungry and you're here today, and you need a meal, come see me after church. I was in a restaurant, I was in a restaurant down Steelville yesterday, okay? And I noticed something on, it's good to see my, my friends Jeff and Sue here today, but I noticed on the wall, there was something I'd never seen in a restaurant before, okay? And on the wall of the restaurant were paid receipts, and there was a sign that said this, if you're hungry and you need a meal, Grab one of these receipts because these meals have already been paid for, you know. And one of them is like a burger and fries, already paid for. The receipt's there. One of them like 
cup of coffee and order of biscuits and gravy and, and different meals that people had paid for in advance. You say, that seems kind of silly. No, because folks realized the blessing in releasing. And they said, listen, God has blessed me and I want to bless someone else. I, I'm, I'm not looking at the future being doom. And I'm not looking at the future being nothing but problems and difficulties and, and famine. I'm not look, that's not my future. That might be your future. That's not my future. Because never has the righteous been forsaken or seed seen begging for bread. My future is glorious. My future is victorious. Okay? Many years ago, Debbie and I built a brand new house. We were only, golly, we were only 23 years old, built a brand new house, and my uncle at Christmas time said this to me, that's a real nice house you got, I hope you don't lose it. <laughs> Man, uncle, thank you for the encouragement, I really, to a 23-year-old kid, man, that's what a 23-year-old kid needs to hear. <laughs> hey, that's not my future, Okay. Never has the righteous been forsaken or his seed seen begging for bread. That's what David said. He said, I was young. He said, now I'm old. Never has the righteous been forsaken or his seed seen begging for bread. My, my future is victorious. My future is glorious today. And I understand the blessing in releasing. And I want to be, <laughs> might sound funny, I want to be one of those simple-minded people that God can use. Think about that this afternoon. You start laughing, okay? But uh, because God specializes in using simple things, God specializes in using simple faith. God specializes in using unreserved faith. I want that kind of faith today. I want that kind of faith. Would you stand with me across the building? Stand with me today. We're going to sing a song, and we're online this morning. We're going to end this. The online experience, we're going to end that with a, with a prayer, and then we're going to sing a song. We have a time for prayer if you need prayer. But let's close with this prayer this morning before we praise God and sing. Dear Lord, right now today, we're just so grateful and thankful, Lord, that you're more than enough. God, that you are with us, that you supply all of our needs. God, you are a great God. You are a God, Lord, that, that does exceedingly abundantly, more than we could ever think and more than we could ever ask. And Lord, we praise your name. And we thank you, God, for the story of this young lad in John chapter 6 who gave five loaves and two fish, and you took it and you fed 5,000 families. Because, God, there was a young man, there was just a boy that understood the blessing in releasing he was small and insignificant. He was someone that most people would disregard and overlook. He was someone that came to the meeting without his parents. But his faith was strong. He had an interest in spiritual things. He came to listen to Jesus teach that day. And God, you did a mighty miracle because he released what he had into your hands. And God, you did a, a great deed that day people have been talking about through all of history. God, let us have that kind of faith. Let us be men and women who understand the blessing in releasing. Let us live our life unreserved, unreserved faith, believing, God, that our future is not 
one problem after another. Our problem, our future is not destruction. But God, our future through Jesus Christ is victorious. And we're overcomers in Christ's name right now. Help us. Bless those that are here this morning, God. Maybe they're going through a struggle. Maybe they're going through times of need and times of lack in their life. And they're looking, God. They're wondering. It seems like the windows of heaven have just completely closed to them. And God, they need a breakthrough in their life. Give them that breakthrough, God. Continue, God, to make yourself real and true in their life. And God, we're going to thank you, Lord, today as you work and you move in our life and you're teaching us and you're helping us and we're growing, God, and we're becoming what you'd have us to be in your kingdom. Bless us, I pray. Bless us, God. Help us, God, to take that step of unreserved faith in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're going to sing and play a song today. They're going to.